Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome to episode 27 of Wear Many Hats. It's great to have you here today. Um, it's actually an incredibly exciting episode. We are joined today by Louis May Gibson, who is the estate director at Trinity Village Estate over at Borough Market. Um, fantastic guest for us. Louis May is the chair of the Gender Equity Board at Knight Frank Promise, and we're going to talk about everything women in FM, a little bit about her career in the Royal Artillery, which is very interesting, by the way. Um, good afternoon, Louis May. Great to have you here. Well, thank you for asking me along. Yeah, absolute pleasure. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good. It's a Thursday. It's sunny in London, so... I know. We're winning I, already. Yeah, see, I call that horrible fat man weather for me personally, because <laughs> you sweat wherever you go. I'm not talking about the chub rub shorts. I think it's I think it's too soon in the interview yeah, to be fair discussing chub rub. Well, I was talking about mine. I was talking about mine. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, Louis. Well, listen, thank you for joining us. Great to have you. Um, let's start with a nice, easy question. Tell us a little bit about your start in um, facilities management. How has your career got to that point? Um, so I served in the Royal Artillery for 10 years, left not knowing what I wanted to do, um, decided to get some HR qualifications behind me, Yep. Um, worked for a climate change company, carbon offsets, ended up being the head of HR there. So purely in HR, nothing to do with property or FM. Right. Um, and then I got left that to another job, head of HR and operations, which happened to be in a property management FM company. Ah. So purely by fluke, I ended up in property. There was no great, great plan to, yeah. to be in FM. And that was in 2010. So that was kind of by accident then? Yeah, I went for an HR and ops job. Right. Um, okay. And then I think the majority of people in FM and PM don't necessarily set out, or not of my generation for what, you know, what to be a bit ageist about it, yeah. set out. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, but I think you're the first person that we've had that has come via that pathway. Actually, quite interestingly, yeah, it's 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 a difficult one because if you if you split the role of HR and operations, HR is HR, whatever business you go into. But if on the operational side, if you're going to PM and FM, mm. there's a lot of technical. Yeah. Think you need to learn. You need to upskill super quickly. Yeah, you know you can't op something if you don't know the content of what you're opsing. Completely agree. Yeah. So um, yeah, started my property FM career in 2010. Right. And it's just evolved over the last 13 years with different elements: bit director of ops or yeah. site based roles. Yeah. Um, a bit mix and match over the last 13 years. Yeah. And here I am now at Trinity Village working for Knight Frank Promise for as the last a, four years. As yeah. an estate director. I mean, that's quite, that's quite an ascent in a 13-year period. That's really impressive. Is what, what, how, how, how do you feel you did that? How, how do you feel that happened? Was it, was, it your, you know, was it just your drive and your determination or was it because you just found yourself in these environments and you were really good at it? I think the, like I said, when I first joined the PML head of HR and ops, I just had this personal pride thing. Like, how can I um, be opsing the property management department? Or the, if I don't even know what a lease is, or I don't even know the legislative requirements for health and safety, like, don't be ridiculous. Yeah. So it's a massive dog leg learning. So I got a bit obsessed in my early years of, yeah. of doing every course known to man, right. threw in a master's, you know, did all the IOSH, did the HR, um, RIPM, um, you know, graduate, all these qualifications, just yeah. so I'm technically aware, 
but then you go into actually practicing your your knowledge and awareness yeah um and then from there it's just keep keep learning keep i don't think anybody's ever thinks that they're good at it and no. have you got to where you've got to i just yeah. look at it as a i'm here where i am now but it's probably only thankful to those that backed me yeah you know this random horse with polka dot you know jersey that nobody else would bet on in the grand national and someone took a punt on me and yeah 13 years later really genuinely grateful to do what i do now yeah so a little bit of imposter syndrome for a period of time and now now you're there you're at the races well i I said that to one of my friends the other day about imposter syndrome um she's a fierce feminist and she goes that's something the men have made up to make (laughs) you feel inadequate so i was like won't be saying that again (laughs) Um, but no, I did sort of feel, you know, yeah. when people ask you to do these things mm. or you go for a new job, which has got a good paycheck, it's, it's got a lot of responsibility. It's like, yeah. can, can I? You know, and actually, it's, you know, the statistics are that females all, always underpunch. Yes. Because they always want to be able to see that job spec and do yeah. 99%. Whereas men, they can do 60 and they're like, sod it, we'll, we'll punch a bit higher and see where the chips lay. Yeah, true. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. there's been a lot of that, you know, some jobs. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, this is quite, you know, I remember when I got my first business cards, I was so excited. I'm like, <laughs> I've made it, I've made it. Um, so there was a bit of that, but now I think I'm a bit more comfortable in my own skin. I've been yeah. around quite a while in the industry. Yeah. And it is, it is believing in yourself, but believing in your team, actually, without being... <laughs> like American about it, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like none of us can do anything that we do without our amazing teams. Yeah. And I've been like well blessed with my teams over the years. Oh, I, fantastic. They've all been banging. Oh, brilliant. Well, look, I mean, as we already said at the start of the show, you know, we are going to focus quite a bit on the whole women in FM piece with yourself, Louis May, because I know that you're a, a great ambassador for that area. Um, and we did talk about how you joined the Royal Artillery, um, when I think it was just after they'd started letting women into that section yeah. of the army, I believe. Um, that's very brave. Tell us a little bit about that and, you know, some of your experiences within the army, the, the ones you can talk about, obviously. Um, <laughs> is, this, is this going out after, after the watch <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, just uh, talk about anything up to 7pm and then okay. after that... Can you, Let can you... me recalibrate my brain. Um. Big decision, but it, th- there was nothing um, grandiose about how I came to it. Uh, mm. I was studying at the time to be an optometrist, randomly. Yeah. And um, I went out with my mum for a spot of lunch. And um, this is literally how ridiculous the decision was. Right. Um, I, we used to watch Soldier, Soldier, which is a massive TV. I used to love that, actually. Loved I'm, it. I'm not going to lie, I loved it. I still like Robson and Jerome now. So. Oh, mate. Paddy yeah. and Gar- Paddy yeah, yeah, Garvey. Yeah. I, I watch anything they're in. You know, Game of Thrones loved it. He was brilliant, wasn't he? Brilliant, absolutely amazing. Want to buy yeah. that single they released? Bought yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, bought it. Thank God for Archie. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, yeah. we went out for um, I don't know lunch or coffee. Can't remember. Mm. Uh, and uh, you know, I wasn't a massive mum and daughter shopping type. That's just not how we work. Mum worked incredibly hard and didn't have the yeah. time. But this one, and she goes. Well, you like men in uniform. I mean, I'm completely devaluing why women join the army. But um, she said, you know, and actually it's not a bad gig. And I was like, well, yeah, why don't we do it? This is literally the three sentences that changed my entire life. Right. Um, So anyway, mum finished her coffee like she was doing Jaeger bombs. Yeah. And she was coming in the car. Yeah. And then I followed her into the car. And then the next minute we're at Surbiton Careers, um, 
not shop. What do, career, the careers office. Careers office. Yeah, yeah, that's what they called it when I joined. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she goes, uh, my daughter wants to join the army. Yeah. And then this guy said, what do you want to join? And I was like, I haven't really given it a lot of thought. <laughs> um, so we did the general intelligence, test of intelligence. And yeah. They, they gave me a massive printout of yes. jobs I could go for. Yeah. Um, and then there were some asterisk ones, and one of them was all artillery. And I said, well, what's the asterisk for? And they said, well, they're only letting females in from two months from now. Right. And I said, well, I'll have a bit of that then. Yeah. So uh, just just to give some info, is, that's because it used to be, it was frontline, wasn't it? So it prior was entirely that, male, yeah. yeah. So the regiments, Royal Artillery was entirely male apart yeah. from support staff, right. like clerks or cooks or medics, yeah, yeah, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, and the recruiter said, are you sure? And I was yeah. like, why wouldn't I be? And he goes, you will see. And then that I just joined it. They joined, signed up for the army, went to basic training. Yeah. Um, masses of, of females in the intake were Royal Logistics Corps because girls were obviously massively yeah. in that. And um, for my entire training, they saying, join the RLC, join the RLC. I was like, no. Yeah. I mean, I was quite stubborn for an 18-year-old. Yeah, yeah, I was, like, it, yeah. I was like, no, I'll join the artillery. And yeah. then voila, I joined a massively male-dominated cat badge. Yeah. Um, and then just decided to set fires at every juncture, <laughs> to be honest. Right. And then I, I, I did that for 10 years. Wow. So what, what rank did you um, get to? Bombardier. Bombardier. Because I was always in trouble. Right, okay. I was never going to be the career soldier, if I'm honest. To, to be fair, we had that conversation. Yeah. I, I was the same when I was in the Navy. So I, you know, this I is it. I didn't, I didn't last anywhere near as long as you, though, Louis, mate, to be fair. But my tapes were, um, my ranked slides were on Velcro. So as soon as I got promoted, I got demoted, <laughs> then I got promoted. And it was just, everyone was used to it. Oh, yeah. you know, you're promotion again. Yeah. Six months later, demoted again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... It was, it was just how I used to roll, I guess. Oh, no, fair enough, fair enough. So, uh, really interesting then. How did you, um, I like to ask this question because I, I do believe that we probably get, you know, a lot of veterans at some point that may well listen to the podcasts. Um, so, how how did you deal with the, trans, the transition from military life into civilian life? And is there any tips that you could give specifically to women who are leaving the armed forces about moving into the private sector, whether that's FM or other industries? I mean, that's a two-pronged question. Yeah, I know. I, I, I think always do for that. the the transition to civilian life from when I left the army at yeah. that time for me personally was was brutal. Really, I, I look back and there there were extremely dark days. Wow. Um, I I left a unit based in Germany where you're s- surrounded night and day by friends or even yeah. people you don't like. There's someone you can always have a beer with or yeah. go and play a bit of football with. Mm. To suddenly in a house share in in Canada water with loads of strangers. Wow. You know, doing a job quite well, but yeah, fell apart a bit. Not surprised. Um, because there wasn't the support that there is now for veterans. Yeah. There needs to be more still. But yes. So, you know, retrospectively, it was not easy at all. Yeah. And I, I actually wouldn't wish that on any of my enemies. It was it was dark. Yeah. Um but now it's a lot better. And yes. I think my advice is male or female to differentiate between veterans transitioning and, and, and the female entity. Mm. I think if if people are leaving the military, um, look for recruit, um, sorry, businesses that are and do hold the armed forces covenant. Yes. Because within that, they will have commitments to how they recruit. Yeah. Um, you know, guaranteed job interviews, yeah. for, for instance. Okay. And I think my advice to veterans leaving is like, 
don't do your tick box resettlement courses because yeah. actually they're not that great in civil street. Yeah, you yeah. know, you suddenly get a Prince project management and you know, how to write your CV course. That's, that's actually not going to suit you that well. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of courses through resettlement in the FM world you can do. Yeah. You can do your knee bosh and your IOSHIs and, yeah. you know, random HR, cause again, HR fits every box. Yeah. Yeah. So right. at your year's worth of your last year of service, mm. hit up the generic items yeah and i think if you then approach um, an armed forces covenant business and say that i've i've done all the the quals yeah and i promise you i'll work hard just yeah you give know a give you yeah. a chance yeah. and, and a lot of the people the armed forces covenant will be like right okay fair enough you've got a probation period yeah and then it's up it's up to the veteran to smash it yeah and a lot do well invariably i would say more more do than don't more do than some of the civvies, to yeah. be fair. Yeah, I think so. And, and I think people are getting more tuned to um, the challenges that vets yep. face, be yep. it mental health, yep. um, housing, you know, all yep. these things that you wouldn't necessarily see of a, of a, a total civilian recruit that yep. comes through. Um, so, yeah, just, just be really honest, you know, speak to the, the recruitment teams and businesses. Um, if you look, um, there's a book out and I will give you the link, and it's called The Great 100 Veteran Employers. Right. And that was published at the Ex-Services Awards this year. Right. And that lists the top 100, you know, so it's not about just about Night Frank Promise, it's about the whole, you know, the UK and businesses. Mm. Look through that publication, because then you can see guaranteed interviews. They will be honest that you can go for these jobs up to this salary. Yeah. And it's really quite transparent. Yeah. So and I think that gives vets the confidence in approaching, because you could be the most bolshy, confident, exuberant person in the military, but then you're suddenly in a suit that doesn't quite fit. Yeah. You're a bit nervous. You don't know how you're going to pay your rent. And then you're in an interview. And that is a huge amount of of, of things to go check, 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 check. Yeah, of course. Versus yeah. your civilian counterpart. Yeah, yeah. So um, if anybody ever wants to DM me, you know, on the top 100 yeah. employers, then please do, like, yeah. all day long. Well, if you share the link with us, Louis May, we'll, we'll post it in the comments when we post the um, the podcast on LinkedIn um, so that people can access it. Because I, I think you're right. I think a lot of people in Civvy Street, as we used to call it back in the day, um, I don't think they understand how much the forces actually look after people who operate within them. You know, like, they, they are, to a certain extent, babysat i suppose not babysat in terms of but you are your 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 medical your yeah, housing your, everything everything is it's all provided you were never going to go hungry and no. you're always going to have a roof over your head so yeah. it's, a, it's a basic human yep. need isn't it shelter food mm. so when you leave that protected environment and this yep. this spans all all ranks yeah without the military yeah. you know i've had majors that have left the army and been like i haven't got a house anymore yeah um how, how do I get an interview? Yeah. You know, or they told us to arrogant interviews, you know, right yeah. down to a grunt, if you like, a, a private. Yeah. There's just like, I've left the block. I'm single, so I don't have any um, priority on housing, yeah. social housing. So it's all these things that are, are so compounded when you leave yeah. the military. So, yeah, there's there's a lot. And I think when you see a vet in front of you, for them to even get there, ignore your recruitment process. Yeah. But for them to even be in front of you, they've probably put up with 
or dealt with so much that yeah. actually just give them a job anyway. Because it's really impressive that they're It's there. impressive that they've yeah. turned up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant. What a fantastic way to put it. Well, listen, you know, to our listeners out there, if you are looking at um, recruiting some vets um, or anybody who's leaving the military, that you know, and you want some advice, then feel free to DM Louis May. I'm sure that she will um, help as she can. Okay, so that's fantastic. Thank you for telling us all about your time in the military. So moving on to um, you now as an individual, um, obviously you're the, the chair of the Gender Equity Board um, for Knight Frank Promise. Um, I know that that's an area that, you, that you're really passionate about. So, so tell us a little bit about what that entails um, and, and how that's helpful. So previously at, at Knight Frank Promise, we had a Women in Business Board. Right. And they achieved th- great things like an IW International Women's Day, eight yep. March people, but yeah, market. Yeah. Um, yeah. Event and you know we were we were sort of moving along, but not. So this year we sort of reignited the the whole debate, and yep. um, so gender equity, obviously, to be more inclusive. Yes, yes. Uh, it's not just women in business; it is gender. Yes, and we we we've got a core of women that are just really frank, honest, brutal at times, but we, we've got that ability to have that trust and conversation mm. to say this is this is not, you know, or I personally found this. Yeah. So, for instance, we're talking about miscarriage leave. Yes. Um, so part of the Gender Ec Board. Um, and, we discuss, and actually, once you discuss it with a few of your, the girls, you realise it affects so many more than, than you would think. Yep. Um, adoption leave, yep. you know, that's normally down down the, the list. Yes. It's just because you didn't give a, a physical birth to a child if you adopted one that's still a new child to you, right? They're still so, hard work. Right, they're still right. <laughs> I don't care where it came from. Mate, I've, I've got two Frenchies, so yeah. I'm tapping out of that. But exactly, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, we're talking about adoption leave. It's actually, if you've adopted, you need that six months as well as a new mother does. It's of the course. same. It might be a bit different on the age scale of nappies, but there's still a huge seismic change in your life. Yes. Um, you know, IVF, that's something actually I talk about, as you've probably seen. Yeah, yeah, without on, a doubt, yeah. On, on LinkedIn about it's not a dirty conversation. Well, tell us a little bit about that then, you know, about what you're doing with regards to RVF on LinkedIn. So the, um, I did do a controversial post on LinkedIn. Right. Which op- the opening sentence was, would you ask some if they wax their vagina? So okay. don't have a heart attack just yeah. yet. Okay. But the, the, the premise of that conversation was, to first of all you know stop saying to people or or questioning males and females yeah um you know what what their child status is yeah um if if you i can share that yeah 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 that'd be great yeah Uh, because it's something that i feel fierce about on this you know how do you actually vagina inappropriate question to ask someone if you don't really know or work with them then why do people keep asking women about their childless status if you're close enough to someone to know that, you'll already know the answer. If you're not close enough, then you shouldn't be asking. You don't know if a child is all someone has ever wanted. Maybe a horrendous physical, a mental ordeal, going through IVF or miscarriage. The women whose husbands won't post on Facebook, my warrior wife smashed it and we're delighted to announce the birth. That will never go and see their own child at a nativity play. Won't ever understand the stress about 11 plus exams who won't cheer their daughter on at the Olympics or attend their child's graduation day, who feels that she's let her partner down, that she isn't woman enough. So before you think of asking, 
did you not want kids then? Think, would you ask about her fanny wax? Wow, that's really powerful. So that's quite deep. I've got goosebumps. I do. Re- that's reading really... that post out. And, and... Um, with a photo of my two two gorgeous boys, my Frenchies, Boris uh, and Bertie. Hello, Boris. Hello, Bertie. <laughs> but it was a case of opening the conversation mm. um, because as you're going through it, there's a lot of medical stuff, hormones, financial, marital or partner, you know, if yeah. you know, gay gay relationships also go through that yeah, quite of course, a lot. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, it's not okay to sit across the boardroom from someone and say, So why didn't you want kids? So that's the whole point. Would you sit across the boardroom to me and say, Do you actually vagina? Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, people like horrified by the post. Um, I loved it. Yeah. It's got the most impressions ever I've ever had on that team. Um, but the, the interesting, um, you know, point of that is, it was the amount of men that reached out to me about IVF yeah. and their wives and asking me, how can I support them? Yeah. There's a lot of the gay community discussing it, that there was no failure of pregnancy, but it's actually a, a, a transactional um you know, structure of items they have to do. Yeah. So that, that I think that's really interesting. But I think, you know, the gender ec board, we were saying about the IVF element yeah. of it. And so we got to talk about it. I completely agree. And yeah. and men men need to talk about it. So I'm not man bashing when I talk about being a feminist, you know. Yeah. When we talk about the IVF journey in FM and, you know, people's jobs, you've got to sometimes be on site. You've got to do the client report. you got, you got, you got. Yeah. Um, there's times someone just needs to tap out and say, you know, me and my partner, we, we, we've just had enough. Or, do you know what, it's failed. This cycle has failed. And having yeah. someone that can at least empathise yeah. what, what that means. And I think, like, there's a, a male partner, like Frank, I've spoken quite a lot about it. And he said it was out for drinks with the lads the other week. Yeah. And there were seven of them. And five are going through IVF. Right. So, and so the gender ec board again. That's why I said it. Gender ec, not just women in business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that it's equitable for all the intrinsic elements that do include things like IVF? Because they're, you know, if if you were a male partner to a female, yeah. If your wife is going through hell, the last thing to do is check fire alarms and you know check this, you know, yeah, agreed. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's 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 obviously a personal passion of mine. Yeah. Um, but other things we're just talking about um about promotions, making sure that we are on point. With, yeah. with promotions ac- yeah. across the board when we look at gender pay gap yeah um, night frank promise have done amazing the last year they've reduced it from over 10 percent down to three something percent forgive me for not knowing no but that's very um, impressive still but that's, that's impressive over a 12 month period yeah and and if you look at the you know what can we do to attract more women so would it be job shares is it is it going to be flexi working? Yeah. Is it going to be, you know, a more staggered return to work? You know, yeah. because not every baby suddenly at six months behaves themselves as well and yes. sleeps through the night. Agreed. So Agreed. what's the point in having someone turn absolutely shattered? Yeah. So let's yeah. work how we can, and I hate this word holistically, but you know, yeah. how we can look at it and, and fix it. Yeah. But that sort of because it's equity now and gender equity, that all falls under our umbrella. And the, the beauty with the gender ec is that we can go to the executive board at Night Frank Promise yeah. and cut out all the red tape and all the what and reports and just go, this is the agenda. This is what we'd like. Yeah. Are you buying it? Yeah. And if they say no, we'll do it the next month and yeah, the next yeah, month. Yeah. And just keep doing it until they yeah, say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's just a key thing that we represent everyone in the business. 
and we can just hop straight to the exec and say, is there any chance of this or have you thought about that? Yeah. So, so, so you're effectively trying to create um, an environment where, you know, everybody feels like no matter what's going on within their personal lives, whether it's IVF, um, you know, mental health issues, anything along those lines, they feel like that they're in a supportive environment and an organization that can support them through whatever journey they're going on. Would that be an accurate assessment? 100%. Like, yeah, okay. You know, your, your people, and I'm not Richard Branson, but, you know, your people are your greatest asset. Completely agree. And, you know, a happy worker is a good worker. So even if you don't care about the, you know, the, the empathies around it as a mm. business, if you've got someone that feels engaged, looked after and heard, yeah, you know, they're going to turn up. Yep. They're going to work hard for you. So you just care about your bottom line, you know, your retention goes up. Yep. So the cost of that, go, you know, sickness levels go down. Yeah. So if even if you don't give a fig about all of this fluff, as some people call it, and if they yeah, call yeah, it to yeah. my face, I'll strangle them. <laughs> <laughs> but, By the yeah. way, do not call it fluff to a face, anybody. I love you. <laughs> so, so, She's yeah. trained. She's trained. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and I think when people can reach out, like I've got an amazing boss, um, JT, yeah, in promise and you know i have my own mental health issues and yep. other i mean i'm just basically a wreck no, I'm right. <laughs> um, but no i can you know there's times when i'm not that great in life and i can just text you know we've got our own not for this conversation but we've got our own little yep. way of dealing with it and it's amazing because it's, it's, like, bra it's brave to say that in this format so thank you for sharing that you know, just but people need to be open and people not not judge yeah and just be like instead of going yeah you know just go actually what can i what can i do to help yeah you know and people say oh they're pulling the mental health card or they're pulling this card or they're pulling that card well do you yeah. know what if 100 people are pulling the card but 50 aren't pulling the card then we need to help the 50 right and, and people always can take liberties yeah so yeah. just be kind and stop being be kind to each other stop yeah. being turds stop being turds <laughs> can we hashtag that yeah, we'll put, we'll put it on the post. Stop being, <laughs> stop being hashtag stop being. Can we see if we can get it trending? I'm going to write that down. Hashtag. Stop being turds. Stop being turds. Watch out for that one, listeners. Okay, brilliant. Okay, well, listen, I mean, I, mean, I think that's fantastic. I think, um, you know, the work that you're doing in that space in terms of gender equity is, you know, commendable. Um, and it's great to see businesses taking it, you know, t taking it seriously. Seriously, yeah. Um, you know, because, I mean, I mean we're, we're kind of in the service partners side you know rather than rather than client side so you know we you know we're pretty good at making sure that we do those things right not that like you know i, I mean we're all learning it i think you know but we're, we're pretty good at making sure that we're in that space and doing the right thing for the right reasons i think is really but you important. can't win a race unless you turn up to start the race right that's true 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 just yeah. turn up that, that's what i say to my people yeah you know, turn up <laughs> yeah yeah i have a particular set of skills <laughs> okay brilliant well listen let's um move on to um something that i know that is probably quite high on your agenda in your role at the minute and that's you know sort of environmental social and governance issues so oh, tell us a little bit about um that and what your expectations are or, um, or maybe what you do in those areas i think it's tripartite with um the clients esg night frank night mm. promise and then our own uh, estate ESG. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm an eco warrior. Like I mentioned earlier, when I first left the army, I um, joined a climate change uh, business. Yeah. Um, socially, we all need to be a bit more tuned and, and do more. Agreed. And governance just needs to be done. I mean, yeah. that's not the fun part of ESG, but you need to suck it up and crack on. Yeah. 
Um, but I think we, we, we need to be realistic and, you know, businesses or individuals or teams need to stop setting themselves unrealistic goals because we are human and by nature, if we don't reach the goals, we beat ourselves up and we yep. get disengaged. Yep. So I think break it down. What does it mean to you? So I know Knight Frank and Knight Frank Promise have got their ESG gig going on. Yeah. Like big, big stuff with research teams and all that yeah, beautiful yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. But actually, you know, affect change on a on a on a smaller like on, on an individual a macro level. level. Yeah, 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 micro even. Um, so like I look at it for my team. You know, what what can we do to make the estate more efficient? What what can we do um, that's more green? Mm. You know, the social part. You know, we've we've got a beautiful estate, but next to us is one of the most impoverished social housing estates. Right. So include them. Yeah. In our um community events that all free of charge yeah um easter egg hunts you know i had a mum come up to me crying she's never her child is six and she's never been able to afford an easter egg oh so oh that's um, oh, she God. came up to me and the kid had a massive tesco pack of like four eggs one yeah. had a cup with it you know <laughs> bags of sweets and i mean the kid had a face painted balloons i mean i don't think the kid slept that night to be fair Must yeah yeah bouncing off the walls yeah but you know for for um, us as a team at Trinity to have a parent come up to us in tears the first time and like right we are taking this a bit for granted that we've always had Easter eggs. No, of course we are. Um, yeah. So that's that's a real you know grassroots level of the social yeah. element. Um, and it is it's just like what what can we fix? What can we change? Like you know I'm no Greta Thunberg for God's sake. Yeah. But you know if if we don't have to burn you know we get better laptops if we, we change the boilers to the the more energy if we, we you know we put a roof replacement up make sure it's got this and you know yeah there's all this you know banging a few erv charging yeah. points um our name dropped jamie wilsden from future group right he's the md there absolute legend got us grants to call yeah. the pay i was like i'm so busy i'm so busy yeah he just fixed it all and i'd like, done it and it's amazing yeah you know so we've got ervs now trinity right so all these things are really quick wins yeah. but if we if everybody that's in fm or pm Do, does know, the same had an event that was yeah. open to everybody in the postcode not just the posh people with the nice houses yeah you know if everybody you know when they changed the boiler for 200 pounds more got a 70 percent more efficient boiler yeah. just do it you know yeah. put in a few charging points again nothing's gonna change the world china is still going to be chugging out everything to the environment but we're not china we're great britain yeah. so let's do our little piece i yeah. think let's be great as they say uh, donald trump let's be great again <laughs> but uh, maybe not he's getting impeached so maybe we just delete him yeah yeah it's deleted yeah. deleted <laughs> banned banned okay lovely um so moving back to um you know sort of the um the, the women in FMB, I'm going to focus purely on women here um, rather than, you know, that, that that overarching element. What advice would you give to um, young women, young females that are looking to move into facilities management as as a career? I think they need to, and I say they collectively, because I, I ask young women what they feel the barriers are or what they perceive the barriers to be. Yeah. Oh, but I don't want to work in a construction site. Yeah. Oh, but I don't want to be doing it. And I'm saying, dear God, do you think I go to a construction site every day? I'll wear yeah. flip-flops to work. <laughs> but, you know, I think just, you know, the FM world has mm. evolved so much, in, especially in the last seven to eight years, I'd say. It's taken on a whole different being and all-encompassing role. 
Um, and so, so there's a definite career there. Oh, yeah. it, it's not just turning, you know, I say just turning up, you know, but, oh, I've, I've got to flick the lights once a week. Oh, I've got to check that our fire extinguishers aren't out of date. I'm like, that yeah. is... That is not an FM role anymore. No. Um, and, and again, have belief in yourself. You, you know, if you're looking at a career, you, you know, eradicate the tick box. You know, I don't care if you've got a first in fine art. You know, and actually, if you, you know, it's irrelevant to the role. Yeah. And again, women, you know, they always need feel that they need to achieve the 99%. Well, yeah. just go for it. Yeah. Uh, sort of everyone, the, the, the best work ethic and willingness to learn can smash it. Yeah. Get in your job, dare I say, wing it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, but if then you're going home like I did when I said when I joined and I was like studying at night at weekends, I was like, I need to up my game because I yeah. don't know anything about leasehold, freehold, anything. Yeah. Um, but if you have that commitment, bird, you, you can be, and I call us bird yeah. because we're eagles. Yeah. Or we're birds that pick up worms, i.e. the men. But, you know, <laughs> you, know you can literally... Like carve out a career, yeah. you know, it's not digger boots. It's not walking around with a clipboard. FM is not that anymore. Yeah, you know. And I was trying. I spoke to uh, my goddaughter, funny enough, the other weekend. She about career options. She's fifteen. I spoke to her about FM. She goes, "Yeah, but I don't fancy working in building." And it's quite in. And she's known me for years, right? Yeah. She knows what I do for a living. And yeah. I was like, Gracie, that is not. And then I, I, I was talking her through it. She was like, "Right, where do I go?" Yeah. What graduate schemes? What do I need to do? So we end up going for a half an hour chat with a glass of wine to three hours later deciding her, what she's going to do. Right. You know, open your eyes, girls. You know, stop putting these restrictions on yourself. Yeah. These are self-imposed. You've got enough, you know, barriers and ceilings out there to fight when you get to them. Yeah. You know, look at it. It, it can be well paid. Yeah. You know, so look, there's... Um, FM roles can lead to um, director of estates, yep. um, head of resi, all these things. Yep. You know, those jobs at the moment are paying 80 to 120 grand. Wow. So, and you can get that within eight years if yeah. you smash it. Yeah. So at 30 years, like here and now, at 30 years old, if someone said to me, you could earn 120 grand. Yeah. Sign me up, Buttercup. Well, I'll be on it, yeah. Right, yeah, but you, really, you need to break it down and you need to, you know... But I think it's education is a, is a flippant way of saying it. Um, awareness, maybe like saying to, to to women, it is not a bloke's. And anyway, we're twenty twenty three. What even is a bloke's job? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, get over it. And but but look at where you can be. Look at actually when you are in FM and and, and you work hard and you get promoted, mm. you're then managing teams. Yeah, you are affecting change. Yeah. You are the one that can make the decisions that return to work people can come back and feel valued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you want to be part of the solution, get on that career path. It, it, it's not even rocket science to start off. No. You know, yeah. You know, a lot of FM, I think, is having half a brain, common sense, <laughs> and just being polite now and again, now and again. Now I can't be that one yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Only when you really, really have to be. Yeah, yeah I struggle yeah, with yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, just saying to women, it's get it through your heads. It, it's not a man's job. Absolutely no. not. It, you know, turn up. Give it give it a go. Yeah. And if you don't like it, what, you've wasted. Say if you give it a go for 18 months. Yeah. you still got 18 months in your CV. You, you might go into law afterwards, but it's 18 months we've done something completely left of field. Yeah. And and you've got experience. Yeah. Broad, and if, broad. If, if nothing else, if you buy a flat, 
in a block, you will know that those buggers downstairs need to be testing the lights if you achieve nothing else. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you could save yourself money in other ways later in life. Right, so it's a win-win, mate. It's yeah, a win-win. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so sort of staying on that subject, do you think um, that, do you think there's any barriers into the industry at the minute for women? Or do you think that the industry, and I'm talking about the industry as a whole, has done a good job of taking those barriers away? Controversial question, but... There's still barriers, without right. doubt. Okay. But I do think in the last three to five years, I have seen a massive sis- seismic change, seismic, seismic, <laughs> from um, the barriers that I, you know, it's not the a soft story. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You know, when um, applying for jobs a few years ago, and I was like, I know I could smash it. Yeah. But I wasn't even, you know, and another girl that I know, we weren't even getting into the interviews. Right. So I dropped the May of Louis May off my CV. Right. So my name was just Louis Gibson. And I resent it. And I got asked for an interview for every post I applied for. Oh, you're, really? So I was just like, aha. Uh-huh. So then we got to really address that because yeah. Louis Gibson, who they thought was a bloke, was mm. getting all the interviews. Louis May, because I, I changed the pronouns on my CV. Yeah. So I did the whole thing. He, 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 everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow. Wow, and I think that's in 2018. So we're not talking about decades ago. How interesting. Yeah. I, I find that fascinating. And it I was, actually do. I really do. I find that fascinating. I think for me it's a bit it's a bit depressing as, in, as, as a fierce feminist, regardless of sector, mm. that we're still putting up with this poop at that time in 2018. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Everyone, I'd send the CV in half an hour, my phone was going, I was getting asked for interviews, can we put this, 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 this and this. And I literally applied for every single job that I'd applied for as Louis May, as Louis. Wow. So I, I think there's unconscious did, did, bias. Yeah. Did you, Out of interest, did, did you challenge? Oh, I called every single one out. Yeah, you did. And what... Oh. What was the response out of interest? <laughs> <laughs> um, some of them just phoned me up going, please don't tell anyone, which was quite a strange um, right. response. Yeah. Some people blamed an IT glitch of then Louis worked, but your IT was off with Louis May. Um, other people just phoned up and said, I'm an absolute arse. Um, I've clearly got to learn something. Can we have a chat? And there was three recruiters who had that approach to me. Oh, fair play and, to and I still work with them today because they're like, um, the language was a bit stronger than that from them. Mm. Um, but they were appalled to themselves. And actually the fact that they self-recognized that. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, wow, I feel like a beep, beep, beep. Yeah. Um, went out for a few beers. I was just like, I let rip. Yeah. This is not acceptable, you know, and all the rest of it. And they said, right, tell me though, how do I, how shall I fix this? And yeah, that's in 2018. Like I said, three of the ones that, reached out to apologize and you know hands up they said basically five years later i'm still working with them and i still work a lot in the edi space yeah and women in fm and business right and the others i won't touch do you think do you think if you did the same thing now the same thing would happen i might have to be a bit more creative with the name it'd be an interesting it'd be an interesting exercise i might go for bob yeah it'd be would be though wouldn't it wouldn't it be an interesting exercise to see if that that unconscious bias is still out there or whether or not the industry, not that I want to challenge everybody in the industry here because I'll probably get myself in trouble, but but it would be an interesting thing to do. Are you saying I'm not doing it? Ah, <laughs> I, wonder, I wondered where Bob came from. Yeah. Keeping stum on that. 
Watch yeah. this space. You've probably seen an inappropriate LinkedIn post yeah. with stats. <laughs> All right. Well, I will, I will watch out for if that. If you one. see the Bob post along yeah. with wax your vagina, then you know that things have really gone downhill. <laughs> Or a post that says Bob's waxed his vagina. <laughs> then that's it. We're all in. We're all in. We're in all but, but yeah, people just learn. Like I know I've personally got unconscious bias against. We just have. As humans, we have. I think there's over yeah. 200 unconscious biases we can have. Right. So, um, you know, when when I when I speak to people or, or they ask me for recruitment advice, so mm. Cobalt recently done an amazing piece on DEI and inclusion and strategies yeah. for recruitment. Big, big shout out to Chris Sycamore who came on the podcast not that long ago. So Chris, my little legend Chris Sycamore, yeah. he's, a, he's a buttercup, love Chris. And yeah. he's actually one of the ones that's been decent all Is he? the start, 100%. Oh, was he? Oh, you're, oh right. Okay. Yeah, he's, yeah, a, yeah. He's, he's completely in the love club. He's amazing. Oh, brilliant. And he, he champions women in FM all the time. So. To, to be fair, he's very knowledgeable about the area when he came on the show. Well, he knows his gig anyway, yeah. which is always good. He yeah. doesn't blag stuff. Yeah. He's realistic. But yeah, he's all for um, supporting women in FM. Um, I did an article in FMJ and he was like, let's share this. Let's get this going. Yeah. You know, he asked me questions. I asked him questions. You know, she you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's open and he's honest. And do you know what? I think that's all we can ask for of any, yeah. of any of us. Yeah. I say, if you think you've got these unconscious bias, biases, then, um, then first of all, you're halfway there because you're acknowledging mm. that, you know, <laughs> you're not Mother Teresa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think then you just, just say to people, say to your recruiter or your HR department, you know, Actually, wipe out the pronouns, wipe out the names, because that could be indicative as, as to heritage. Um, if the education is not relevant for the role, so unless you're going for surveillance, like, delete it, because that's ageist, it can be, or, or set if it's a girl's school. Delete it, get rid of it, redact it. So all you should be left with is candidate 101. Yeah. Job, vroomph, bullet points. Next yeah. job, vroomph. That's all I need to know. I don't need to know... That you went to Tri- Tiffany Girls School, so just you know. But even if you ha- if you think you haven't got that, do it. Speak to your HR department or your recruiters when you're recruiting or promoting, and as much as you can, delete everything. And obviously, if when you're interviewing and you hear their first name or their names, and you're like, "Oh my God, I know you're you're an absolute train wreck," yeah, because of what what you've actually done then yeah. you, you don't have to invite them back for a second do you well true but at yeah. least they're in front of you rather than going well I had a bad time with someone from Lithuania so any yeah. name that looks Eastern European I'm going to delete now their frontal brain is not thinking that but yeah. their unconscious bias is going do you remember he was sick every day he was sick he was sick so then you see that name yeah, and yeah, your yeah. brain can't help but think oh I remember someone from Canoe oh your brain behaves like that so yeah I think just be really open and, and reach out to people. Like if you, if you were to say to me, like, you know, LM, I'm, I'm looking at these CVs. I'm like, yeah. like, send to me. I will, do, you know, you can say to people, I don't know even if I have got unconscious bias. Yeah. But I'm worried I might have. So do you know what? Can you just redact the granny out of it? That's a really, you know, I think that's just a great way to look at it. I really do. I think, um, you know, I think maybe more recruiters should just do that as, as part of the course. You know, My just, personal, and this is a personal business yeah. opinion, is that I do not think that in 2023 we should be having people's pronouns or their names or their irrelevant education. And then that will cut down on racism, ageism, sexism, 
you know, uh, it's a quick fix, right? So well, I, don't, I, I, I can't argue with you. I think it's an incredibly valid point. I really do. Just I think it makes do sense. It. Like there's, yeah. we're, we're, you know, I, I, I've had this debate with people before. I was like, give me your counter argument for not doing it. So looking from the other way, give me your, well, well, what if there's someone that we sacked or what if we know that they're, like I said, a train wreck? Then we, we speak to HR, we shortlist the CVs, then we get the names. Yeah. And then we see Bob Smith. Yeah. We go, oh, Bob Smith, he was the one that set fire to the, <laughs> you know. To, yeah. to We're the, not having him back. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. smoking in the, you know, in the pump yeah, room yeah, and set yeah. fire to the block. You can, you can then delete yeah, him because yeah, that's yeah, justifiable yeah. and it's, it's a cause to Justifiable. delete. Justifiable, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so have a word for yourselves. Yeah. And there's no shame in saying... Maybe I have. You know, like I say, potato, potato. Yeah. We all like to think that we're loving humans, but we're not. No. So speak to someone that's removed from your recruitment cycle, your promotion cycle, mm. get them to do it all. And then at least you know, honestly, by the time someone gets to you, you've been as, as fair and unbiased as you possibly can be. Yeah. Fantastic approach. I, I really like that. I'll look after some CVs for you. Send them over. Well, I mean, to be fair, we're going to be recruiting at some point in the future. So when we are, we'll um, we'll get you to screen them. Yeah, I've got nothing else going on. It's fine. Well, 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 you offered. Well, no, fair one, fair one. I did. You offered. Don't offer if you don't want to do it. I Sign me up, Buttercup. All right. Not a problem. All right, then. So, um, listen, we've talked about your your, your career. We've talked about some of the things that you're passionate about. So just tell us a little bit about you. You know, what do you like doing? Who is Louis May outside of work? We know about work. What do you like doing outside of work? Married to the most patient, awesome man on the planet. That's what I say about my wife. He will be listening to this. Uh, no, no. Um, she better get some flowers and a box of chocolates for saying nicely. <laughs> fortunately, married to a, a great dude. Um, yeah. We've got two Frenchies, Boris and Bertie, as I mentioned. Boris, I've seen a picture of Boris and Bertie, by the way, people, so you should check them out. They are very cute. I like them. Uh, they are our children. Yes. And I think the doggy daycare is more stressful than my sister's childcare. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, Guna. So, bit of Guna since I was like four years old, five years old. Guna, Arsenal, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I used to have a season ticket, but I gave it off because they're rinsing their fans. They are actually. Eight hundred quid to watch them like lose against Burnley. I don't coco. <laughs> so um, now I just pick the the games. So yeah, Guna yeah. Um, got a random fascination with Mongolian history. Really? Which I'd like to do a PhD in one day about What's Genghis Khan being a feminist. Genghis Khan being a feminist. Do you know that I... Trust me. Did you know that I read somewhere that Genghis Khan, his DNA is represented in a a, a hugely high population of human beings alive on the planet today. Well, yeah. Because of the amount of children he had. I think it's something ridiculous, like 15 or 16% or something like that. It's mental. I mean, Mongolian history fascinates me. Yeah, I mean, the guy yeah. was a shagger, wasn't he? I I mean, mean, to be fair, he as well as the lads down all the shot on a Friday night. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I'd love to do a, a PhD in uh, Mongolia, specifically Genghis Khan being a feminist. Um, give give us a two minute brief why he's a feminist. Then I, I need to know this. I need to know. Go on. The empowerment he gave women to make battle decisions and loyalty decisions. Did he really? Blood, salt, and yurts. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying on that. Yeah. If I get funding for a PhD, I shall let you know. Yeah, let us know. But well, yeah, so love Mongolian t- history. Yeah. Um, got some great nieces, nephews, godchildren. I love our holidays. Then I think, yeah, just Lou May is just at home with the boys. Yeah, that's the husband and the dogs together. The dog. having, having, a, having a beer, watching right? a bit of football, having, yeah. having a beer, and right. then if someone says something like 
sexist online or whatever, then I just pause everything and go into, <laughs> go into feral mode. Yeah, it'll be two o'clock in the morning and yeah. I'll see something called Bored Panda <laughs> or on Facebook. And I'm like, stand by, I cannot sleep. <laughs> Typing away to like five in the morning, then I wonder if I'm bloody knackered. But, oh, um, brilliant. Yeah, I think just... Uh, really proud of what women are doing in this space and the LGBT community. Um, yeah, like I said, married to my best mate. So apart oh, from Trinity, which is, you know, a huge part of my life, obviously. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, that's just me. And if you ever want to talk about Mongolian history. Yeah. Well, we'll have a chat about that in the pub afterwards, I think. Let's. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a bit of a history buff, me, anyway. I, I like anything history, so... We'll have a bit of a convo about We're that. We're gonna have a challenge, aren't we? I can see us like pipping each other to the post in a master's no, or PhD. I, I am no I'm I'm nowhere near that good, I mean, mate. I just I have I have a good overall knowledge. Hey, what's of your knowledge of history? Yeah, not a not a detailed. I just hear snippets that I like. You know, Genghis being the shagger sounds good to me. You know? <laughs> Jesus. I might put that on my Cambridge application for my PhD. Yeah, yeah, no, don't put that. Don't put I that. I think the funny, my husband always says that. He goes, I don't know how many, I love the History Channel. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know how many um, documentaries you can watch about Hitler. Nothing's yeah. changed. And like you still, like when my dad comes out, me, dad and daughter time, we literally, yeah. History Channel, we'll have a curry. Yeah. I mean, just watching something else on the History Channel and yeah. Jay's like, Rebel 2 has not changed. Yeah, I was like, oh, but this report. Yeah, and you yeah. always find out new things. Oh, There's so yeah. much stuff going on during World War II, you can just never run out of content. I don't care what anybody says. Well, this is you it. Know, so, no uh, chance. History, family is my yeah. absolute world. And obviously my Frenchies. Cool. And women. And not women. In business. In business. Women in business. Well, listen, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure learning about yourself, Louis May, your career, um, you know, all the work that you're doing, you know, for gender equity, women in facilities management, and so on and so forth. So I'd like to thank you very much for joining us on episode 27 of Wear Many Hats. Very, very interesting episode. Thanks for joining us, Louis May. Honestly, thank you for me. I think I spoke a lot, but there you go. That was brilliant. Really enjoyed it. God bless. Thank God you bless. so much. Bye-bye. Toodles. Thank you.